Hey guys, I'm Tamara Melton. And I'm Deanna Bellamy. We are the co-founders of Diversify Dietetics, a nonprofit community dedicated to increasing the racial and ethnic diversity in the field of nutrition and dietetics. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Feed Me the Facts. It's Tamara flying solo today. So we've been thinking a lot lately about the resources that we provide to our diversified dietetics community. And though we provide lots of resources for the students and interns in the community, we wanted to make sure that we're also not forgetting our professionals. So everybody who's a student and an intern, be you a nutrition student or culinary arts or whatever you are that's kind of overlapping with the dietetics community, you are eventually going to become a professional. And so many of you who are engaged with us are professionals. So we wanted to make sure that we are providing resources and talking about topics that are of special interest to our dietitians of color who are just thinking about things related to professional things, getting jobs, interviewing, networking, um, all those sorts of things, dealing with pressures that might be happening at work, how to start your own business. So we thought about it. Deanna, my wonderful co-founder, who was great at the food puns. She always comes up, feed me the facts, totally not my idea. All of that goes to Deanna. She comes up with all these great food puns. And I said to her, what if we, what if we have some ideas for something that we can have for professionals? And we kicked around the idea and we decided let's do some podcast episodes that we call snacks. So these are episodes that are related to professionals and topics that professionals would find of interest. But if you're a student or intern, don't turn this off, this podcast, keep it on because the information that you're going to get from it are something that you can use even while you're in school, but then also as you come out. So we thought about this idea of snacks and I immediately thought I would love to talk about the idea of a side hustle people of color, we like to have a side hustle. Uh, I know my husband always laughs at me because he says my West Indian culture makes me have many jobs. If you don't know that reference, Google and living color um, and you'll see what that means. But I think that side hustles are so important, especially in dietetics, because it helps you to get outside of just your own comfort zone, to give yourself your own experience, maybe to get working in something else that you want to be doing to transition to, to some other sort of career. So I thought, who could we talk to about this? And I immediately thought of my friend, Kim Rose. So Kim Rose is a dietitian who lives in South Florida. And Kim and I met through the powers of Instagram and have grown to have a great friendship over the last year or so, I would say. So I reached out to Kim to ask her, would she be willing to talk about the topic of side hustles? And of course she agreed because our diversified dietetics community is so great. A little bit about Kim is that she's an inpatient clinical dietitian at an acute care hospital in South Central Florida. She has tons of experience in outpatient, as an outpatient dietitian, renal dietitian, and a long-term care consulting dietitian. She's also a certified diabetes educator, and she provides nutrition and consultations and educational resources to hundreds of clients, students, and interns. You may also know Kim from her YouTube channel, and that's Kim Rose Dietitian, where she shares videos about life as an RD, solutions to common dietitian intern, and already to be problems, and she also has guests on, and herself as an expert provides health talks. She has over seven years' experience, and is very passionate and dedicated to all of her clients and students. 
She desires to make nutrition easy by equipping her clients, students, and interns and new dietitians with the skills and knowledge that they need to manage their health, their coursework, patient load. So I'm so excited to have Kim on today. Hey, Kim, thank you for being on our first Feed Me the Facts Snacks episode. No problem. Thank you for having me. So we wanted to have the snacks to be able to give um, some of the folks in our community um, just some ideas of dietitians of color who are doing interesting things. And I thought of you as one of the first RDs to reach out to because you are, you got a side hustle. And yes, yes. and we love a good side hustle, honey. So <laughs> we, wanted, we wanted to get more, um, kind of some, some here, learn more about you and, and see how you got, got started in that. So let's just kick it right off and, and talk about how and when did you decide to become a dietitian? So for me, the track to becoming a registered dietitian nutritionist was after the fact. And by that, I mean, I didn't want to become a dietitian until after I graduated from Florida State University. When I was in college, I always thought that I wanted to be either a physical therapist or a nurse. I quickly learned that nursing wasn't for me because to be honest with you, Tamara, I can't handle the sights, the sounds, and even the smell of body fluids. I had that so. same thing happen to me. <laughs> That's why I switched to nutrition like right before I went to undergrad. Wow. <laughs> so though I was double majoring in nursing and exercise science, I always knew that nursing was like on the back burner for me. So at the time, I started shadowing my uncles, who are both physical therapists, and I quickly took a liking to the profession. My uncles live not that far from Florida State, so every weekend, every holiday, and also over the summer, I will spend time with them learning about the pros and cons of the profession. Now, mind you, I was still majoring in nursing and exercise science at the time. So to make a long story short, one summer during my sophomore year, I got an email from Florida State and it stated, congratulations, you've been accepted to the nursing program. And as you can imagine, I was super excited. I was elated. But at the same time, I wasn't sure if nursing was the profession for me. So, you know, don't get me wrong. Some of my closest friends and family members are nurses, but I wanted to make a different impact besides changing bandages and giving medications and monitoring vital signs. So I declined entrance into the program and everyone thought I was crazy simply because Florida State only accepted 20 or so, in, 20 or so individuals into the program. So after that summer, I went back to Florida State and I decided, let me focus on physical therapy. While focusing on that profession, that educational track, my uncle came to me and said, why don't you look into dietetics as well and see if you can double major? Now I have never heard of dietetics at this point in my life. So I went to my guidance counselor and I was asking her a little bit more about dietetics and the job prospects and outlook. And I realized that I had already completed almost all of the classes with the, with the exception of a few metabolism and food science classes. And I decided to add dietetics as a second major. During my senior year at Florida State, uh, the degree for a physical therapist had changed from a master's to a mandatory doctorate. 
And not only did the degree change, but the price had changed as well. And this was an important factor for me because I had resolved to remain debt-free in my educational pursuits. So again, to make a long story short, I had made a pact with myself and I applied both to a dietetic internship and also to a DPT or Doctors of Physical Therapy program. I said to myself, whatever program I heard from first, that was the route that I would go. And I heard from the internship at the VA and now the rest is history. Oh, wow. So you actually, you, you got accepted. Well, did you ever get accepted to the PT program? I did. Girls, you got three to, <laughs> <laughs> you got in a nursing school PT. Let me say as somebody who used to work in admissions, um, you are, you, you gotta be a smart cookie because, um, there are so few people who apply to nursing programs and so mm-hmm. few who apply to DPD programs who get accepted. Um, right. those programs. So that's exciting. So whoever got, I guess, nursing was out of the way so that that program got in first. So at the VA, was that an internship that you had to pay for? Did you remain debt free? The VA internship is a uh, government internship where it actually pays you to attend. So I, I got a little stipend and I remained debt free. There you go. So if people want to get a debt free internship, the VA is the one that they should look at. Definitely. So, so, so now you go through, do your internship. What about um, the jobs that you've had as an RD? What does your career look like as a professional? I've held quite a few jobs. And the reason for this was because I did not want to lose any knowledge or skills that I learned during my dietetic internship. So I worked and I still do currently work as an acute care clinical nutrition manager at a hospital. And I've been doing this for the past seven years. And this is actually the first job I had as a dietitian. I worked as a renal dietitian at a dialysis center for two years. And finally, as a long-term care consultant dietitian for various nursing homes for three years. And at one point, I was holding down all three jobs at one time. How was that? Girl, it was stressful. (laughs) It was stressful. And I think the stressful part came about because I didn't know how to manage my time. But when looking back, um, all three jobs knew about one another. And they knew my whole entire reason was to better serve the clients and patients in the community. So they made my life a little easier and made my schedule flexible to accommodate one another. So that was definitely a plus. So you were at the acute care position, dialysis mm-hmm. position, and the long-term care positions. What, what was the percentage of time at each one of those, those jobs, kind of on average, when everything was going at the same time? Sure. So at the hospital, the acute care position, I was there um, from about, I'm going to do it in time, time frames here. So my, my days would start at 6.30 in the morning. And I would get off of the acute care hospital around lunchtime. And then I would go to the dialysis center from about 1 p.m. to 6 p.m. at night. And then from there, I would go to the nursing home, the long-term care clinical consultant job from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Oh, my goodness. That's (laughs) a long day. It is. It is. Was that every Monday through Friday? It It was Monday through Friday. All right. Okay. So that is, that's a lot. Okay. So now you, you did that. How long did you do that schedule for? I did that schedule for two years. 
okay, for two years. And then what transition now you have, you get to a point to where you, you want to change into something different. And I'll let you kind of, kind of tell us how the progression went into your, and if it's not to be called a side hustle, let me know. But what I'm going to call your side hustle, which is very, Mm -hmm. um, that we at least see on our end when we're kind of following you, can you tell us kind of how you transitioned into where you are now? Sure. So as I stated earlier, one of the main reasons why I did all these jobs at one time was because I didn't want to lose any of my clinical skills. So once I felt that I had solidified my knowledge in these areas, then I decided I was going to let go of the renal dietitian position as well as the long-term care dietitian position. So approximately a year ago, Right before Fancy, a provider came to me and they stated that a lot of their patients need to see a dietitian, but they are very turned off because the hospital that I was working at at the time, the cost of coming to see me was just horrendous. So the provider asked me, okay, Kim, what what are you going to do to solve this problem? Because there's an evident need in the community. So after going to Fancy, and every time I go to Fancy, I'm always motivated to do something new, I decided that I was going to start my side hustle. And to be honest with you, this was something that I had never thought of starting before. I always thought that I was going to be an acute care clinical nutrition manager and have all my eggs in that basket because I love the hospital setting. I love to hear the beep, beep, beeps of the machines going (laughs) off. I'm telling you, (laughs) it's therapeutic. I love (laughs) (laughs) love to hear the beeps and that is my ideal work environment. But I realized that there are some clients, there are some patients which cannot come to me. So I need to go to them. And because of this, Kim Rose Dietitian LLC, my side hustle was born. Um, One of the other reasons for making this side hustle is because of my philosophy. My philosophy, which you'll see on my business cards, my brochures, and my website is let's make nutrition easy. And I find when I speak to clients, they have preconceived notions about food and nutrition and dietitians in general. I hear a lot of people state that dietitians are the food police. So my LLC breaks down these walls and customizes the nutritional plan of care for the individual client. So you have just been in business a little over a year. A little less than a year. A little less than a year. So Mm -hmm. everything that we see when we go out on the internet and we see you on social media has been built in less than 12 months. Correct. That is impressive. Kim Rose, you have actually (laughs) done that. I did not realize that. Um, So what, what would you say are the most challenging parts of balancing your business, your LLC with your day job? So there's a few challenges. Um, The first one is time management. Um, I find if I do not balance my weekly full-time work schedule with my side hustle, it can become very stressful and I end up being burnt out, which has happened before and it's not a pretty thing. Uh, For this, I find it's important for me to plan out my schedule a week or even two weeks to a month in advance to ensure that I have enough time for my clients, my patients, and most importantly, for myself. I'm always talking about self-care. Even taking a few hours um, in a daily, from a day-to-day standpoint is helpful. 
The second thing I find to be the most challenging, and if you know me at all, I'm always talking about this for those of you who may follow me on other social media platforms, are the struggles of marketing. We as dietitians, we go to school to learn about food and nutrition as well as the art and science of eating healthy. Um, we don't know anything about online marketing. We don't know anything about in-person marketing. That's just simply not in the curriculum. Um, I have not mastered marketing as yet, but it is something that I do hope to learn more about. So those are really the main two challenges that I have with the side hustle. So the marketing thing is so true. Um, that's mm -hmm. something that we, you know, at Diversify, we have to do marketing too. We, we offer um, just um, workshops and webinars and things like that. So that has a marketing component to it. Where do you find resources at? Because you're definitely right. That is not, there's so many things we don't learn on the business side of mm -hmm. things, our dietetics programs. Uh, and that might be because of sheer time that we don't have a lot of time in the curriculum, but where, where, because I've, I've watched your marketing like evolve. You're very transparent about it, which I appreciate on social media. So I've watched it kind of evolve over time. So what, what resources have you found? Do you find them within the, the dietetics community? Do you go outside of it? How do you make that work for you? And how have you kind of improved your skills in marketing? So one major resource that I have found, and I don't stay within the dietetics community for this. Um, I actually go outside of the dietetics community and the main resource that I have found, I have termed them my quote unquote marketing evangelist. Now by marketing evangelist, basically what I mean is that I make connections with people within my community, whether they are physicians or the spouses of physicians or even clients, and I form deep relationships with them. And they, in turn, go out and let other physicians, um, let other clients know that Kimrose Dietitian exists. So my marketing tactic at this time is basically forming meaningful relationships with people. It's a word of mouth marketing um, so that they, in turn, can let others in the community know that I have services available. And so far, it has worked out pretty well. Um, some of my closest marketing evangelists happen to be the wives of a few physicians in town. And I meet them at the gym or at church or at the grocery store. And they say, hey, I've seen your face before. And then we become friends and they let their friends know that I'm in the community. That's very cool to go out and smart to actually connect with other people and let them kind of do the work for you. Because mm -hmm. that's what you're doing is connecting with them. But you also, Kim Rose, have, I don't know why I keep on saying your name like that. It's one of those okay. celebrity names. <laughs> don't always see it together, Kim Rose. Um, you, always, you also have an online store, a little thing called that. So I want to kind of explore that because uh, what, did you do that for a particular reason, like to have passive income or something? Why did you decide to create that store? So there's two reasons why I decided to create that store. Number one, when I was a dietetic intern, of course, my background coming from um, nursing and then exercise science slash physical therapy, when I got into my internship, I felt as if I was at a disadvantage and I did not understand anything zero zip nada about nutrition support. I actually hated nutrition support. When I got my first job as a dietitian, I hated 
seeing patients on nutrition support until the dietitian that was training me actually threw me into the lion's den and I had to fight for an understanding of the concept. So the main reason for creating that tool for new dietitians as well as future dietitians is number one, so that they can thoroughly understand nutrition support. Uh, it's not an easy concept for most individuals. And to be honest with you, that is a concept that I did not even study for, for the dietitian examination. And the second reason is, as you mentioned, is for passive income. I was speaking to another dietitian, and I'm going to give him credit for this statement. Uh, his name is Manuel Villacorta, and he was saying as a private practice dietitian, we can't put all our eggs in one basket. We need to be able to have many sources of passive income so that we can leverage our power as well as influence. That is a great point for dietitians is to have um, anybody who's in business to have some sort of a passive income because having all your eggs in one basket is, is not good. So it's like even a, a side hustle to your side hustle. Right, exactly. Yeah. Something that, that you add on there too. So, um, so, what, so somebody wants to go into doing the side hustle thing. They have a full-time job or a pretty full-time job. And especially when you have those, you know, patient facing jobs that you, it's just not as flexible, right? You're not going to be able to go and sneak away mm -hmm. and do something. Uh, what kind of skills, you talked about time management, but what other skills would somebody need to have to be able to balance a side hustle with another job? So the first skill is being an effective communicator. Uh, as I stated before, the reason why I was able to hold down all three jobs at one time is because I communicated with each and every job simply what I was doing and my goal for doing it. Uh, I feel that this is an essential skill no matter what career path you choose. Uh, specifically for the side hustle, to be an effective communicator allows you to stand out. It allows you to land clients and also make positive changes in the lives of the clients. A lot of people think that being an effective communicator involves actually speaking. While this is true, talking is only a small fragment of communication. Looking at nonverbal body language as well as listening are also important components. Sometimes you have to read in between the lines of what a healthcare provider is saying to you or even a client is stating to you and not be afraid to ask for clarification as well as feedback. Feedback is a must. The second skill um, is social intelligence. And I alluded to this earlier as well. Um, this is essential because as you see clients and you check back in with the physicians who are referring these clients to you, you need to be able to make those deep, professional, long-lasting connections. Um, and as stated before, this is my trick to marketing. As I make these deep and direct contacts and communications, these individuals become my marketing evangelists in the community. And the final skill is actually a soft skill. Um, for those of you that are listening that don't know what the difference between a soft skill and a hard skill are, um, hard skills are specifically job-specific skills, while soft skills are people skills. Um, one essential soft skill that I think um, you need to have is to be positive. Um, put a smile on your face and also um, be kind. Kindness is king and can take you places where you have never been before. 
I agree. Amen to all of that. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) On all those things that you said there, and especially the soft skills and, um, and the social intelligence, if you're not familiar with that term and emotional intelligence, I think Mm -hmm. is, you know, a a complimentary term, um, go out there and Google that, um, because those people who are more successful are those who read other people's body language. Um, Mm -hmm. they know how to communicate based off of, different types of personalities. Not every person responds the same way. So as you want to go out there and convince people to pay you for something, to compensate mm-hmm. you for something, then you have to know how to adjust, you know, right. to be able to adjust for, for the type of people that you're, you're working with. So, so since we're really talking about and thinking about the nuances that come with, you know, dietitians have talked about side hustles before, but our community is is mainly dietitians of color. So is there anything that you would suggest um, for an RD of color to think about? Or would you suggest that an RD or RD to be of color consider a side hustle? Of course. Um, so first, after making sure you don't have any contractual obligations to your employer, I would suggest starting a side hustle first to serve the community. So I live in the South and I see a lot of health disparities in certain populations. There is an ethnic and I may even add a cultural connection when we as future and current dietitians are able to say that we have served a brown, yellow, black, or any client of color. And I want to give a little story with this. When I was a future dietitian, I wasn't actually a dietitian yet. Um, I decided I wanted to serve the Mexican population. I wanted to do a four-week cooking class on breakfast, lunch, dinner, as well as desserts to simply show this population that they can cook their frijoles or beans a little differently, or they didn't have to use as much butter or lard in their diet. So after the four weeks was finished, uh, my translator actually had some members of the class come to the front podium and give like a brief testimony, you would call it, of how my four-week cooking class impacted their lives. And Tamara, what touched me most of all was there was this young mother who came to the pulpit with her child. And her child was pre-diabetic as well as obese. And she stated in Spanish, um, and I had the translator at the time, of course, that, you know, she now knows the difference between starchy versus non-starchy vegetables. She now knows how to cook these non-starchy vegetables and have them taste good so that her child, who is pre-diabetic as well as obese, will be able to have their weight to be controlled as well as their blood sugar levels decreased. And this really touched me because I'm thinking to myself, you know, here I am, uh, a Black person, and I was able to make a connection with someone from a different culture as myself. So I realized as professionals of color, we are able to even cross different lines to show that health disparities is a wall that can be broken down if you are willing and able to do so. Um, The second thing that I wanted to talk about, which is the elephant in the room, which no one really talks about, is money. Uh, When you realize your value and your worth, it's empowering. Not putting all your eggs in one basket, as I stated earlier, gives you choices, which eventually may turn your side hustle into your full-time job, and you'll love it. 
yes, it is definitely nice to have something else that you have more control over. Mm-hmm. You craft yourself. And, you know, I mean, you never know. You might need to leave a, a position or you mm-hmm. are hopefully not, but you might be let go from a position or something like that. So to have some other skills is nice to have. I think side hustles are nice too, that if there's a skill that you would like to um, get more experience in, but you're not getting it at your day job, right? you can create your side hustle to give yourself more opportunities to gain experience in that if you have future plans to move on to a different specialty area or something like that. Exactly. That's what those can definitely help you um, to do. And to also to your point of, of being an, a dietitian of color, I think that, and it's evident with diversified dietetics, there Correct. are so many similarities that we have as people of color, mm-hmm. even across, like you said, you can be black, brown, yellow, whatever, but they're in America and across the world. There's a lot of things that we deal with that are similar. Exactly. So I might be speaking to somebody who's just, you know, another culture or but another underrepresented minority group and I always let people know in dietetics that's every minority group <laughs> yes yes <laughs> that's, that's true that's, that's all of us everybody um so they just patients and clients um depending on the group you know not everybody but we just might have some commonalities that we correct that we think of and, and so it affects how we how we deliver our nutrition education programs what we design right. how we speak to people it's, there's a lot. There's an interesting thing when you don't have privilege, <laughs> mm. how you think to to craft things and how you actually connect with other people who might experience the same lack of privileges. Because people, I think, look at its privilege as a negative thing. And overall, mm-hmm. it usually is wielded in, it can mm-hmm. be wielded in a very uh, negative way. But it allows for people to have some sort of some sort of connections that they have with each other that they can have um, with their patients and clients. Like you mentioned the young lady who, who was thankful to you for what you were able to do for her and her child. Correct. So kind of winding up here and, and tying it up, is there anything else that you'd like to add to your, your ideas and your career that you've come to this point in, in kind of developing your, your career and crafting your side hustle? Yes, it is actually a resource. So If you're thinking about starting a private practice, there is this excellent book that I recommend for everyone to read. And I wanted to say I'm not sponsored and I'm not paid to say this. I just honestly think this is a great book. It is written by Anne Silver and Lisa Stallman. And it is, the book is titled Making Nutrition Your Business, Building a Successful Private Practice. This book is really a A to Z guide for starting a private practice. It's a quick read and it thoroughly breaks down everything from the different skills you need to tax, taxes, marketing tactics, etc. So this is a great resource and the authors of this book are also dietitians. I have, see, I have that book on my bookshelf behind me. Awesome. Oh, so, yes. Um, so we'll link to that in the show notes so that you guys can see that. We'll also link to your your website, your social media, your everything, Kim Rose, mm-hmm. dietitian. Um, <laughs> so we will link to all of those so that you guys can not only see the resource that Kim just mentioned, but then also um, be able to connect with her. If you're not already following her, you need to be. She's somebody who will be inspiring. You're always positive, Kim. 
That's what I like about you. You're always positive. So thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us, to tell us a little bit more about your side hustle and to give us some, your wise advice from your experience. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed our episode today, please head over to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating. You can also learn more about the Diversified Dietetics community by visiting our website, diversifieddietetics.org, or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Diversified Dietetics, or on Twitter at DiversifyRDN. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.